1: opinions expressed on acb radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the american council of the blind its elected officials or its staff
2: hello everyone and thank you so much for joining us for this vispero training series i am rachel in case you're not already over- Knowing my voice and joining me today is one of our... I am our, Liz. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. And today we are
3: going to share some tips with you, some JAWS tips. And we also want to
2: hear your tips. And so you, you may, may be... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You may know like that Matt Ader, one of our vice presidents, is very fond of sharing Jaws power tips. You may have heard them on FSCast. Um, You may have seen them posted on Facebook, tweeted on Twitter. All around we've shared some Jaws power tips in different environments and they are exactly like what they sound they are. They're just quick tasks that maybe don't get as much attention as they should because they're super productive and efficient. So we are just going to bounce some um, back and forth. Liz has some things she's going to demo. I may demo some things. I may just run my mouth because you know when Liz gets going, she's doing so well. I don't want to interrupt, so we'll see how that goes. But I'll bounce it off to you, Liz, and I'll. I won't. I'll mute myself for now. Oh no, that's no problem.
3: So the first tip I'm going to talk about here, because and and like Rachel said, Matt Matt shares these tips and. They cover a lot of different things from JAWS tips to uh, there's, you know, some with Fusion. There's some Outlook tips, some Word tips. So, I mean, they cover a lot of different applications, a lot of different uses, a lot of things that you probably use every day, you know, personally, professionally. Um, those of you who are in school, you know, use them a lot for school. So I just thought I would cover just a few of these. I have about five things that I thought
2: about. And before Uh, you start, I'm gonna, I do have a couple housekeeping items that we kind of need to knock out beforehand. All right. So, one of them is that we're very grateful to ACB Community Events that they keep having us every week. (laughs) Should have said about that right off the bat, but we are allowed to do this Vespero training series and it gives us an opportunity to connect with you all and talk about more and different training. Topics and get more suggestions. So we're always grateful grateful for that opportunity. We'll be back here next week, and next week is going to be all about Picture Smart in JAWS. The Picture Smart feature taught by Jeff Baser. He's a pro and he's great. So you can tune in at this very same time to join us live for ACB Community events at 3 p.m. Eastern and learn all about Picture Smart from Jeff Baser. In addition. I think today we are going to be covering tips in a lot of different environments. However, we aren't going to do Outlook today, and that's because next month on May 20th, we do have an Outlook webinar covering just JAWS Power Tips in Outlook. So if you're not already registered, you can find the upcoming webinars registration information on our Freedom Scientific Training Portal at freedomscientific.com slash training. So again, that's freedomscientific.com slash training. You can go there and view our upcoming schedule and get registered for the Outlook Power Tips, which will just be focused on different pro tips within Outlook and making you more efficient in that specific environment coming up on May 20th at noon Eastern. So, all right. That's all the housekeeping items I had. All right. So the first tip I want to share
3: with you guys today is how to navigate your Outlook inbox like a table. So you may be very familiar with tables on the internet, for example, and you can also have them in documents, of course. So when you're in a table, you have two ways you can navigate with Josh. You can hold down the alt and control keys. You can hit your right and left arrow keys to navigate by column and up and down to navigate by row. Or you can use the table layer command. You can press insert space to activate the layered command and then press the letter T. And that table layer allows you to just use your right, left, up and down arrow keys. you don't have to hold down the alt and control. And that table layer will stay on until you either turn it off or until you navigate outside a table. So I should probably mention this first. Most importantly, in order to use table layer or in order to use the alt control and your arrow keys, you have to be in a table. All right, so why is this important in Outlook? Well, if you're in your inbox, for example, or anywhere where there are messages, you have columns. You have things like you know who a message is from, the subject, uh, when it was received, the size, and things like that. You have all, all different types of top, uh, columns, which we're going to talk about here in just a minute. I'm going to demonstrate something for you. So maybe you want to skim through subjects very quickly or just hear who a message is from. So if you navigate over to that specific column, for example, if you uh, turn on that table layer, uh, insert space, and then the letter T, and then you right arrow over to subject, if you up and down arrow, it's going to take you through all the subjects in, in your inbox. And then when you get to an email you want to read, you just press the enter key on it. It opens it. Now, if you're, if the table layer is activated at that time, it will turn that table layer off. So when you activate the table layer, when you press that insert space followed by T, you're going to hear a chime that indicates the table layer is active. And then when it turns off, you'll hear another chime. So you could read your message. You could press escape to go back to your inbox. And then, you know, if you need to turn your table layer layer back on again, you can do that. So that's just a quick tip on navigating your inbox like you would a table. Rachel, did you have anything that you wanted to add to that or anything that you wanted to share?
2: No, just for more Outlook tips, you know, register for that webinar because we're going to be talking about a lot more stuff just like that. I have, a, I have a couple Outlook ones I just love. And um, you can go on to your next tip if you'd like. Okay.
3: This is another Outlook tip. And I'm going to talk about it first a little bit here. And then I'm, I'm going to show you some things here. So you can customize your Outlook message list. I really, really, really like this one. Um, when I found out you could do this, I, I thought, well, this is great. Because right now, by default, JAWS will say the columns or the items in a specific order and unless you have reordered those the order that you're going to hear things when you're in your inbox for example would be importance, reminder, icon, attachment, who it's from, the subject, received, Size categories, mention, and flag status. Now, if any of those items are not present, for example, if somebody hasn't assigned an importance to your email, you're not going to hear that. You're not going to hear the flag status if there's not one there. But let's say you don't want to hear that. You don't really care about the size, or you know, you don't necessarily need to hear all of that information. Or you just want to reorder. You want to hear something first. You want to reorder those items. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here and show you guys how to do that.
0: The screen, yeah. inbox. All right, e-inbox. so I'm going
3: to go over here to my inbox. Can you guys hear that?
0: Title is inbox. Yes, yeah. you're good.
3: Okay, great. All right. So in order to get to the setting, you have to be an Outlook. So I'm I am now an Outlook. I can press Insert T to verify that.
0: Title is inbox dash at All
3: right. So I'm gonna press insert F2 to bring up the list of JAWS managers.
0: Run JAWS Manager dialogue.
3: Alright, now I'm gonna press the letter C a couple times until I get to this setting that I want for.
0: C custom highlight assigned. C customize outlook message list.
3: Customize outlook message list. I'm gonna press enter.
0: List box, Robert Theobald.
3: So now we have a dialogue that, that comes up it. it was still reading part of what we had before. But if I press insert T.
0: Title is customize outlook message list.
3: All right. So now we're in the dialogue. Now we have two tabs here. We have the speech tab and the braille tab. And just like a lot of other dialogue boxes, it places the focus on the first item in the first tab, which is the speech tab. So I'm going to press shift tab, not not to confuse the speech tab with the tab key. These are tabs that you'll have at the top of the screen here. I'm going to press sh- the shift and tab keys. Speech tab. All right. So I'm on the speech tab. If I were to right arrow, I would move to
0: Braille tab. The
3: Braille tab. All right. I'm not going to go through those settings today, but you, you can change some settings there as well. But I'm going to left arrow back over to the speech tab. Speech tab. So each of these tabs has different pieces of information under different things that you can customize. All right. So to navigate through this dialogue, I'm going to use the tab key to move to the different items in this dialogue. And then I will use other keys to uh, perform a specific task here to navigate some information. So I'm going to press tab.
0: List 1, List View, Message, Speak, Column 1 of 12.
3: All right. So here we have a list of things. We have Message, Speak, Column. So I'm going to down arrow.
0: Important, Speak, Column 2 of 12
3: importance and and what it's saying by speak column it's that means it's set to speak those items
0: reminder speak column three of twelve icon speak column four of twelve
3: so if i were to keep down arrowing i would be it would navigate me through the different things that i just told you about all those different items all right so let's say that i don't want to hear the size for example i'll down arrow to size
0: flat status speak column Attachment speak column, from speak column, subject speak column, received speak column, size speak column, 10 of 12.
3: All right. I'm going to press the space bar here.
0: Size do not speak, 10 of 12.
3: So it's, it's a size do not speak. It's a 10 of 12. That's not really that important. It just means it's the 10th item out of 12 items here in the list. So it's a size do not speak. So now when I'm in my Outlook, once I okay to, you know, go to OK to save these settings... When I'm in Outlook, it will not tell me the size of a message. So while I'm here, before we go to OK, let's talk about another thing that you can find here in this dialogue. You can move items up or down. So if you want to hear, let's say I want to hear the uh, attachment, whether a message has an attachment. Before I hear anything else, let's go back up.
0: Received. speak column. Subject speak column from speak column, attachment speak column.
3: So the attachment column right here is is right above
0: from speak column,
3: the from column. So I'll go back up to attachment. Attachment. All right, so if I tab.
0: Move up button, Alt plus U.
3: It says move up button, Alt plus U.
0: Move down button, Alt plus D.
3: And move down, Alt plus D. Now I can either press the space bar on if I want to move it up or down in the list, or I can just shift tab back up here to that list.
0: List one, list two, attachment, speak column.
3: And I can press Alt U to move it up or Alt D to move it down. Now remember, uh, attachment was right above from. So if I press Alt D.
0: Alt D. All
3: right, now I'm going to up arrow here.
0: Flag status, from speak columns.
3: We have from.
0: Attachment, speak column.
3: So attachment is now below from. If I were just to press Alt U several times, I could make this... uh, I could situate this at the top of the list. So I'll press Alt-U. Alt-U. And I'll do that several more times.
0: Alt-U. All right. So now
3: I'm going to up arrow.
0: Message. attachments, the Column 1 of 12.
3: And it is now the first item in the list. And then if I want to put it back where it was, I'll just go to cancel and, and I don't have to save my changes. But I, I can tab.
0: Move up button. Alt-plus U.
3: To the different items in this dialog.
0: Move down button. Toggle speech button. Delete customization button.
3: And you could delete, if you had a customization, you could delete that and go back to your default.
0: Column headers colon ignore radio button checked.
3: Here you could check this to, uh, or you can up and down arrow that because these are radio buttons. So it's on ignore column headers.
0: Column headers colon speak custom text or header radio button checked.
3: You could have some custom text if you wanted for a column header.
0: Column headers colon speak custom text and header radio button checked. Column headers colon speak custom text. Column headers colon speak. Column headers colon speak custom text or header radio button checked. Column headers colon ignore.
3: And we're back on ignore. So you just have a lot of different options here. It's kind of fun to play with to see how you want your inbox to to speak, you know, how you want JAWS to behave when in your inbox.
0: Column headers colon custom text. Column headers. Cancel button. We have
3: OK and we have cancel, and I'm going to go ahead and press space here on cancel because I don't want to save any of this.
0: Task switching. Meeting. Meeting.
3: that is how you can customize your inbox with JAWS. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen here. Okay. And uh, Rachel, hand it over to you if you have anything that you'd like to share here.
2: Can you hear me? Uh, yes. Okay. Sorry. I think I was unmuted and I was well, muting and unmuting. So I oh. am ready I do have something I like to share, and that is going to be in Word. And it actually works in all of the new Office applications, though. And you may be using it already, but also maybe not. So let me get my sharing going. controls. Can you hear that? Yes. All right. Cool. I think I have some notifications down in the corner, but they're just telling me I need to start some Zoom meetings that are already passed. So no worries. Um, All right. So I'm in Word here and the little tip or trick that I want to show you is the Alt Q or what do they call this in Windows now? It's like it's, it works almost like your search start menu, your start menu search for Windows, but just for the ribbon. So, all you do, it doesn't matter if you're in Excel or Word or PowerPoint or Outlook, you can use Alt Q.
1: Alt Q, ribbon, type to search and use the up and down arrows keys to navigate submenu, Microsoft search edit, Alt followed by Q.
2: And so, this is great. It's just like the ribbon is vast. So, You may not remember where everything is. I have sometimes specifically trouble remembering um, how to quickly find track changes, which are used a lot at work. And so if I go ahead and just type track here, I pressed Alt-Q. My focus is already in an edit field, and I'm just going to type track.
1: T R A S K.
2: And now from here, I don't have to F6. I don't tab, nothing. I just down arrow to my results.
1: Blank. best action, track changes, split button.
2: So there's a suggestion here is the best action is the track changes, split button. And if I want to see the particulars of this search result, I'll right arrow.
1: Menu, track changes, control, plus shift, plus E. Keep lock tracking. Use a password to discourage others from turning off track changes. Alt followed by G.
2: So now where I would have been in a document trying to figure out, okay, where are the track changes again? Are they in the review tab or in the view tab? I just can never remember. So this is a really quick way. And if I go, if I right arrow to go out of the sub menu, I'm left arrow, sorry.
1: Leaving menus, best action, track changes split button.
2: I can continue going down here.
1: Menu, track changes, control plus shift plus E. Keep track of changes made to this document. This is especially useful if the document is almost done and you're working with others to make revisions or give feedback, control plus shift plus E track changes options track changes options
2: and so really simply i found all of these um, just escape. aggregated in Ribbon. one place type search and so and you when escape. i'm done Document i can just one. escape out and, and i'm working along i'm making a list i have some list items and i can easily bullet them but i can't remember how to pull up that dialog box with all the different kinds of bullets in it so i'll just Alt- try- I'll type all type the
1: space space B U L.
2: I'm going to start down arrow now. Link
1: menu bullet submenu create a bulleted list. There you go. The arrow to change the. So the
2: bullets are the first item that brings up. So I don't. I know that the bullets are in the insert menu, but I also know they're quite a ways down on the ribbon. Um, and if I can't remember the hotkey or can't remember the access keys, you know, it just provides a really quick way to jump to that place in the ribbon, which has so many options. And again, here with my focus on the bullet, I can right arrow.
1: Leaving menus, bullets table, bullet library, none button selected. Bulleted, solids, bulleted, check mark button.
2: And I can go through the options there. If I already have my list selected, I press enter on one, and the bullets are inserted. So no matter where you are,
1: escape, me- escape. Q is where it's, it's at.
2: That is uh, my tip for now, Liz. I'm going to hand it back to you. Sure.
1: Meeting control. All right, I Meeting have something back. else
2: that I am going to.
3: Um, demo for you here, but I wanted to share one really fun, quick tip that you may may or may not be aware of. So let's say you're on a call or you're doing something and you don't want to accidentally hit a key because you have a document open. You don't want to accidentally type in your document or get yourself in a menu of some sort or something like that. You can actually lock your keyboard with JAWS. Now, this is not the same thing as locking your computer. You're just locking the keyboard so that... Um, and I'm gonna, I am going to go ahead and share my screen for this. You're just locking your keyboard so that you don't accidentally press the wrong key that you didn't mean to or something like that. So, let me share my screen here. Can you guys hear? Demo that?
0: changing Jaws set, yep, edit. You're good.
3: All right. So, it's a really uh, easy command. It's insert space. Again, it's a layered command. We have that insert space. You're going to hear this little clicky sound here. Space. And the letter L.
0: Lock keyboard.
3: All right. So, now if I press a key, press my down arrow
0: lock keyboard To unlock the keyboard press insert plus space L
3: that's what it tells you to do so it doesn't matter what key you press whether it be escape lock keyboard uh, unlock. alt tab anything i can press control and make the speech you know stop talking momentarily but um, whatever key you press it doesn't it tells you that it doesn't type a key or anything type a letter all right so it's a toggle which means i do the same thing to unlock it just in case i miss those instructions that it just gave me when i pressed down arrow I can press insert space, space, L,
0: unlock keyboard.
3: And now the keyboard's unlocked.
0: Heading level one.
3: And I'm back in my document. Here I am. So that's just a quick, fun little tip that you can use if you just want to lock your keyboard. Unlock it very quickly. All right. So the next thing I'm going to show you here quickly is about a feature called text analyzer. And I know we've talked about this some before, too. But if you're proofing a document or you, you, know, you have this document that you've typed and you've, you've run a spell check, you've run the grammar check, but you want to know if certain things are in your document, like maybe straight punctuation, maybe you forgot to press space before a period or a comma. I mean, maybe you accidentally press space before a period or a comma. Sorry about that. Um, maybe you press space you know, too many times and you have some double spaces between words like the, the you know things like that, text analyzer will find those inconsistencies and those errors in your document. So there are a couple ways to turn text analyzer on. You can do it in your in the JAWS Settings Center, and that's a permanent uh, change right there. You turn it on, then later on you go back and you turn it off. You know, it'll stay until you turn it off. A quick way to do it: so if you're in a document. And you just really want to check this document for inconsistencies. You can do that by pressing insert space followed by A. And this is another toggle. Press insert space. Space. Followed by A.
0: The text analyzer will describe all inconsistencies.
3: So here it says it'll describe all inconsistencies. So you have some options. And and I will show you those here in just a second. But So let's down arrow here in the document and I'll show you what I'm talking about.
0: JAWS settings allow you to customize important features to meet your needs. Learn how to access colon, the startup wizard, font change at column two, level one, bullet basics.
3: All right, so it recognized a font change because here there's a bulleted list. So it will recognize things like font changes and, uh, you know, different things like that.
0: Font change at column two.
3: And it still recognized that, and so it knows. So... Let's go up here. I'm going to add an extra space.
0: Set it allow. Space. 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 space space. All right.
3: So if I down arrow, I'm going back to the top of the document with Control Home. I added an extra space between two words where there's only one, and I added two. So I'm going to down arrow.
0: Space run at column 14. JAWS settings allow you to customize important features to meet your needs.
3: All right. So it told you a couple things there. It said, they call that a space run. It said space run at column 14. So You may be asking, what does column 14 mean? So each character is in a column. It's not a column like Excel or like a table, but it's a position. It marks your position. It tells you where you are. So what that means is the 14th character on this line, there's a space run here. What happens when you down arrow, now most of the time you know you down arrow and you're reading a document, your cursor is going to be at the beginning of the line. But here where it caught this error it has placed my cursor on the error. It's placed it on column 14. So I can I can I can verify this. I can press because I, I know where that I happen to know where that is. I can press my left arrow key here.
0: Space, S, space, space.
3: And I pressed right arrow. Um and here I am, there are two spaces.
0: Space, space.
3: So I could delete one of those spaces, I could press backspace, space, and get rid of it. And now if I go back to the top of the document. I can down arrow.
0: Jaw settings allow you to customize important features. To-
3: and it no longer says space run. So that's just a quick way to monitor your document. There, I'm going to turn it off by pressing Insert Space. Space. And the letter A. The
0: text analyzer is off.
3: So it'll tell you the type. It'll speak the count. Uh, how how many are errors are on a line? If you actually go into the settings, like if I press um, Insert Six on the number row.
0: Word dash Jaws Settings Center dialog.
3: And I go into the Jaws Settings Center and I I type in Text Analyzer
0: T E R
3: and I down arrow Text Analyzer
0: one two Text Analyzer turn off. Text.
3: So here it's off. I can press the space bar
0: space indicate with sound.
3: So that would just indicate with a sound. It wouldn't necessarily tell me what the error is. It it wouldn't tell me what the error is. It would just make a sound
0: space sound.
3: That will tell me how many errors are on that line.
0: Space. Describe inconsistencies.
3: And that's what I had it on a minute ago. When you use that insert space bar followed by the letter A, it goes between um, dis- you know, describing the inconsistencies to turning it off. That's the one that will give you the most information there. And I could tab to OK and press Enter. I'm just going to press Escape here, though. Uh, I'm going to make space. sure Space. Turn off.
0: what? Escape. Search. Edit. Escape. Demo change. And
3: now I'm back in my document. So that is Text Analyzer just to give you... Uh, and, you know, another tip for a feature that is is one of probably the most underused features because it is very, very powerful. And I think that it's a great way to proof a document. So, Rachel, let me turn it back over to you. Let me stop sharing As my screen
1: Eating controls. Alda,
2: can you hear me? Uh huh. Okay, so I was, sh- I am sharing. Can- I'm assuming you can see my screen, um, <clears throat> or, or hear my jaws. Right? Yeah, jaws is talking. Okay. Huh? so we're gonna go with the screen part. All right, so I'm gonna show you a fun way to do spell check that you may not know in Microsoft Word. Again, home. I have this sentence here, which has a pretty l- kind of lame misspelled word, but
1: The quick red fox jump misspelled spelled over the lazy brown dog.
2: So one way that you can do spell check, you may be accustomed to going to the top of your document and hitting F7. But with some of the new checkers that are all included in the spell check in Office 365, I don't know if you've noticed, but the spell check dialog is a bit more complex than it used to be. And I like to spell check this way just because I feel like it's so simple. And what we're going to do is to insert Z, as in Zulu. Quick keys on. And you'll hear Jaws say quick keys on. And then I'll press the letter M for misspelled. And when I do.
1: O-V-A-R. The quick red fox jumped misspelled over the lazy brown dog.
2: It takes me directly to that first misspelling. It spells it and then it reads the word in context of the sentence. So, all right. Great, Rachel, you turned on quick keys and you moved to a misspelled word. Now we're going to do Alt-F7.
1: Alt-F7, context menu, add to dictionary, A.
2: And there is simply a drop-down menu here that gives you different spelling suggestions. Uh, As you heard, one of the options here is to add to dictionary. Um, What has opened is actually a context menu when you did Alt-F7, with a sub-menu already open. So if I hit left arrow, it'll close that sub-menu and we'll just explore the menu that comes up when you press Alt F7 on
1: a misspelled word. Menu. Spelling. Sub-menu. O.
2: The very top option is spelling. So I'm going to right arrow that to open it again. Leaving menus. And the first option in this sub-menu.
1: Over. Similar. Over. Similar to. Ended. Complete. O or split button.
2: I can, if I use insert um, or Jaws key up arrow twice,
1: over O V E R,
2: I can have it spelled and then I can down arrow through the other options.
1: Ovary, similar to fruit, berry, pause split button. Or similar to paddle, skull, sweep split button.
2: So those are the three options. There are a couple other options on this menu
1: menu, add to dictionary. I'm going to add to
2: dictionary. Ignore all G, ignore all.
1: Seymour, S, Seymour. Leaving menus, over, similar to... But if I
2: just want to automatically correct this spelling, I'll just go ahead and press enter. And then my sentence...
1: The quick red fox jumped over the lazy brown dog.
2: ...is corrected. So again, what we did there was we just did insert Z Zulu at the top of the document and then use the letter M by itself. It'll take you through every misspelled word in the document and then Alt F7 will open automatically pop open both the context menu and the submenu with suggestions. So you can just arrow through them really quickly. And again, I like this just because I feel as though all of the checkers in Office 365 are really helpful. But when I'm really just focusing on spelling at the moment and I don't want to deal with the grammar checker and the other types of suggestions, this is what I do. I'm going to hand it back to you, Liz. Sure.
1: That's such a great point because...
3: You know, as you're moving through the spell checker, there's so much stuff in there that you can do. So, yeah, that's a great one if you just want to check something very quickly. And like you said, just check your spelling. All right. So, the last thing I'm going to show you guys today is about speech and sound schemes. Do we want to talk about the contest
2: first? Yeah. show 1st I'll just really quickly throw out the info on the speech and sound schemes contest, which... We'll be happy to take questions about this is our last demo, and then we'll be happy to have you raise your hands and share with us some of your tips or answer your questions about the things we've demoed. But before we do that, you can visit to get all the details we're about to share of freedomscientific.com slash speech and sounds, and we'll say that again here in a few minutes if you need us to repeat but we're going, we're opening up a contest for people to create their own speech and sound schemes within JAWS. If you don't know what that is, hang tight. Liz is going to tell you all the details. And it'll allow you to kind of customize an environment using JAWS settings and um, hear unique things. And we would like to see your submissions on these speech and sound schemes and then put them up and allow different people to try them out and vote on them. And then hopefully include some brand new speech and sound schemes in JAWS version 2022. So that's the ultimate goal. And with all of those cryptic statements bundled up together, I'll hand hand it off to Liz to tell you exactly the details of what a speech and sound scheme
0: is. You are really All right, so I'm over here
3: to my same demo document that I've been using. So speech and sound schemes allow you to distinguish between different types of information. For example, when you're in a document, if you want to uh, find, you know, if you want JAWS to speak bolded text, for example, if you want it to play a sound or speak that text in a different voice, you can do that. You can have it do that. Um, it allows you to distinguish b- between diff- you know, different types of information, underlined text, bolded text, talicized text, uh, highlighted text. So there are a lot of different speech and sound schemes that come with JAWS and just so much that you can do with this feature, but you can also create your own. So, I'm, I'm not going to walk through that because that is a, a lengthier process, and we do want to get to your questions and your tips. But I will tell you where to go to find that information once I demo this for you. So, here I am at the top of the document here.
0: The JAWS settings allow you to custom top of file heading level one, changing JAWS settings.
3: And that's another thing that is, is easy to change here. So, um, you know, you can set Jaws to play a sound instead of saying heading level one, you can assign a specific sound heading level one or heading level two or heading level three. So that as you're navigating, it, it saves you time because Jaws doesn't have to say heading level one. It can just read the heading, and while that's happening, JAWS either plays a sound or you have it set to a specific voice. Jaws. Like I said, the same thing for highlighted text. So I'm gonna show you the one for highlighted text that I've created. And I'll show you how to switch sound schemes. But let's down arrow here to some text that is highlighted in yellow. Um, and it's high I highlighted it in yellow and then I went and specified when I created the sound scheme that uh, I want Jaws to speak any text that's highlighted in yellow on this document. In a different voice, and I specified the voice. So I'm gonna down arrow. And I, I don't have the sound scheme chosen right now. So let's see what happens when it's not chosen and let's see what happens when it is.
0: Level one, bullet basics, bullet the settings center.
3: Okay, so I have highlighted settings center in yellow, every occurrence of this word. And we can we can verify that by navigating over to it with control right arrow.
0: Settings center settings. So
3: if I press
0: Select a sample uh, no,
3: Okay, no, no not, not that Escape. key. If Escape. I press insert five on the number row, black on yellow. Jaws is black on yellow.
0: O-A-T. As
3: opposed to
0: black on white.
3: Black on white. All right. So let's say you know you have a coworker who likes to highlight things in yellow, and you you really need to hear when you're reading your document, you want to know when that text is highlighted. You you don't have time to check this with Jaws. Nor would you know where to check necessarily because anything could be highlighted. So to do that, I'm going to activate this sound scheme. I'm going to press Insert, Alt, S, Sierra. Insert, Alt, S.
0: Select a scheme dialog. List one, list two, Word Classic.
3: So by default, to have it set on Word Classic, I'm going to press the letter H for highlight because that's what I named the scheme.
0: H, highlighted text.
3: So highlighted text. That's why I named it. So I'll press Enter.
0: Edit level one bullets which game highlighted text.
3: Alright, so now let's go ahead. I'm gonna press down arrow. I've up arrowed to get to the I pressed up arrow to get to the previous line. I'll press down arrow.
0: Bullet setting center.
3: So you heard that lower, deeper voice uh, there. So I know that setting center is highlighted in yellow. And so every time I come across that word.
0: bullet setting center
3: then I know that that text is highlighted in yellow. So that's just one example of what speech and sound schemes can do. Now, let's let's go back in here. I'm going to press Insert, Alt, S.
0: Select a scheme dialog.
3: And there are a lot of different sound schemes. You can just up and down arrow through the list, or you can press first letter navigation like I did if you know what letter it starts with.
0: Classic tool highlighted text. Read I- Untitled 5 of 26.
3: I need to delete that
2: one. And you can delete a sound scheme. To so Liz. In- uh-huh. Quick question. Do you have any good ideas for a sound scheme that's not created yet?
0: Word classic six.
2: I've got a couple and I I have some things I've been thinking about.
0: Yeah. Word Um, classic.
3: What are what's one of yours?
2: Well, I mean, definitely I would like someone to create a I think I said this in Clubhouse the other day, but Mm -hmm. a word editing scheme so that everything I do in Microsoft Word is associated with sounds from the Harry Potter movie. So I feel like I'm doing magic. (laughs) I want want the wand noises. I want like, Alohomora, you know, when I do different things to like get things correct. I just want it all decked out. I think that would be so enjoyable. (laughs) So, um, but I've heard a lot of good suggestions about people taking the notes from their favorite songs and putting them, you know, Associated with different things about um, navigating the web, things like that. So yeah,
3: those are really great ideas. Because when it, when you choose, you can choose your different sound files and things like that. So you could customize. I mean, there's so many options for customizing. Um, I can't think of a specific thing, but I know proofreading because there's a lot of what I do. And um, I would like because. And I'll give you an example. Let me switch this back to uh, word classic. So one of the things I encounter frequently is, uh, you know, I might have a link if I write a blog post or whatever. It has a link in it. And sometimes what will happen is the rest of that line, the rest of that sentence will be underlined just like a link. It'll have the the same color and the underline. It's not part of the link, but it looks like it. Well, I want to be able to find out when those things you know happen. I want to be able to proofread that quickly and know where I need to change that. So I think, you know, that would be an interesting sca- sound scheme to create for underlined uh text. To indicate added. to you when something's underlined or right. it shouldn't be. Right. And that way I would know, hey, I don't want this underlined. So that's one that I would personally like to see.
2: That's very cool. Well it's forty after the hour. So yeah, let's we want to go questions. ahead and take some questions. We have two hands up.
4: Penny go ahead. Uh, about the spell check, I
2: I didn't know y'all had a JAWS thing with the insert Z uh, to get into spell checking. And what I found is you're right that I use Microsoft 365 and it is more involved. But the thing I'm having trouble with is when I see proper names and I know that they're spelled right
4: and the spell check keeps tagging me, how can I get them added to the dictionary that they won't come up again? Yeah, you should. It should. It used to be three, and
2: then when I did add to dictionary, I hit enter, and it still seems to pop up. And I hit
4: enter A, and I'm not sure if I've got the right command for that. So
2: if you if you're using that, um, I'm unmuted. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're using that dialogue with the traditional spell check dialogue, you can use alt with the letter A, and it'll add whatever um, whatever miss spelling is in focus like if it said uh, you know i don't know i used to have a friend named talitha and it really didn't like that one of course so er, in, if that's in focus and you use alt a uh, it'll add it to your dictionary automatically and then if you do it the way i did with insert z and then m to u- move to misspelled and you open that menu with alt f7 it's just one of the menu options and you can first letter navigate there with a um
4: let's try eve again is there a way to keep the added to a dictionary when you change documents and have it stay in the computer? Um, I type a lot in, in other languages, and it's just like having to constantly do it for each new document is
2: so redundant. You let, um, I mean, there may be a setting because I have only ever had to add things to my d- dictionary once. Yeah, me too. So there may be a setting. Let me just look real quick. If you got, if you can just talk amongst yourself for a moment. Because what I'll see is there may be a checkbox where um, by default it doesn't add it to a global dictionary. Let me just check real quick.
4: Uh, last three, number 074. Hi, uh, my name is John Luttenberger. And um, I want to uh, mention something about text analyzer. Okay. Okay. Um, You you showed the example of how to find the inconsistencies. Another way that I've, uh, I don't know how I came across it, but another way to do it, if you just want to highlight the inconsistency itself and not read the whole document, is to position your cursor at the top of the document and and hit, um, let's see, Windows key, Alt, um, I, and it will uh, highlight the first inconsistency it finds. And then you yeah, work with that point. and then you hit then you hit that key sequence again until it says no more inconsistencies. It's really helpful.
3: Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. You are absolutely correct, because you don't even have to have text analyzer turned on to do that. So yeah, thank you for that.
4: I believe it's Cecily. When you do the the
2: space Z and the M, do you have to necessarily
4: have the document? Or could you be anywhere? in the document and start that yeah you can oh go ahead you
2: You can be anywhere in the document and do it it's insert z or jaws key z and then m and you can it'll work in outlook as well now if you're in the middle of the document will it
3: start there like if you wanted to do the whole document would would you have to go to the top for it to start with the first misspelling
2: Yeah, if you wanted to start from the beginning, you have to put the cursor at the beginning. It doesn't provide you with any auto wrapping or, okay, or take you automatically on. to the back of the to the top of the document. Um as to the dictionary question, this is what I found. I was just about to experiment with it one second, but it says that in Office 365, um, there is a combo box within the spell check combo box that allows you to choose which dictionary you're editing. So this may be something that we have to do a little more digging on. If you can please send an email, any questions we don't get to or any questions that come up after this, send an email to training at vispero.com. So those both um, email, Liz and I both see that email inbox. My words are just all jumbled today, but we'd like to figure out to ensure that when you're doing all day, you're always adding to the, the default dictionary and not just a dictionary that's like temporarily created for that document. So we can explore that more and work with you on getting some step-by-step instructions if you send an email to training at misparo.com because I think I can figure it out, but I want to be able to answer some additional questions.
4: Yeah, and that's okay, a really good we have, point. We have two more hands. Go ahead. Hello. Viola. Um, when you do the insert or yeah, insert Z, you said M. Are there any other options you can do, and where do I find those? Uh, besides misspelling, is there any other options that I have?
3: As far as quick navigation keys, yes. Um, not just for spelling. You, you mean?
4: Well, yeah. I mean. Okay other misspelling yeah. or something else you know what are my options under well, that
3: when you turn those quick nav keys on it's it will allow you to navigate a, the document like you would a web page so for example you could press if the document has headings and you press h it'll take you from one heading to the next if there's a table in the document you can press t um things like that. There are a lot of different options there. And like, for example, S is for sections, H for headings, and M for misspellings. So if you want to play with that, go into a document and press insert Z to turn those quick nav keys on. And when you just press letters, because those quick nav keys are turned on, it will perform functions. It won't actually type letters in your document. And then if you want to type again, you just turn it off, press insert Z to turn it off. Or if you navigate away from your document and come back, it'll be turned off.
4: Okay, next we have Chanel Allen. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Okay, I was trying the table layer command Mm -hmm. in um, Outlook, and I was wondering Mm -hmm. if Outlook needed to be in any special view for that to work because I didn't, I did insert space T, but Mm -hmm. I didn't, it wasn't going from column to column with left and right arrows. Uh oh. Were you in your inbox or were you? Yes, I was. You were. Um, so I was wondering it, if there needed to be a special view applied or no, something. it may depend on how you
3: have it set up.
4: Okay. I mm-hmm. have the threading turned on. So where the conversations are collapsed, you know, mm-hmm. if, if there's several in a thread. But, okay. Um, hmm. I tell you what, can you send us an email and sure we'll walk through that. Oh, um, and I love those quick navigation commands and the. Um, I did not know about the misspelling though, so thank you. But I use those quick keys all the time, and yeah, I'm those are great. Of something else. Oh, oh yes, the text analyzer. Thanks to your presentation the other day, I learned about the Alt Windows I. I knew the other some of the other things, but Alt Windows I that is great. Just to move through your errors um even if you don't forget to turn it on yeah chanel you. did you say what oh. version of outlook you were using oh i it's should be the latest one that okay 2019 okay but I could have sometimes that makes real. a difference yeah okay you
3: can send us an email to training at com, and we'll get with you on that for sure see if we can figure that out with with you
0: Okay, we
4: have one more hand for right now. Ristoria, Hi. I use Jaws just a little, but I use Fusion a lot. Mm-hmm. Do they have something similar for um, analyzing and everything?
3: Yeah, you'll um, be able to do that because Jaws is a part of Fusion. Are you? Are you using the Jaws aspect of it?
4: Are you? I use the Fusion because I. Use more for magnification, but some days, you know, I really have to have something read to me. Right. So, I um, I'm I'm right, you know, in the middle of both of them. So, uh, I do do a lot of proofreading, and I was just wondering, can I use those same steps and everything for um, um, to find my misspellings and everything? You sure can. Okay. Yes. Thank you.
3: And if you have any questions about that, send us an email and we will be happy to help you out.
4: Okay, Chanel, real quick. Yep, I just fixed it. So I, oh, I had to turn off the view as conversations. I okay. So there you go. I suspected oh, that. Thank good you for know. that info. Yep.
3: Yeah, good to know. All
2: right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, great. no. Fine. That's great. So um, we do love getting to talk to you guys and hearing about what you're doing and having you join us for sessions just like this so i i recommend you subscribe to our blog elizabeth writes like at least two posts a week on there and she does a fabulous job it's always entertaining and informational so you can go there and enter your email and then you'll get an email every time we post we won't flood your inbox but we'll give you all the up-to-date info so you can go and subscribe put your email in Go to blog.freedomscientific.com. You won't regret it. You'll hear about something you didn't know about, I promise. So blog.freedomscientific.com is where you go to sign up for our blog. We're also on all the other places at Freedom Scientific or at Freedom Sci. So if you're looking for us on Twitter, on Instagram, we're now on TikTok. That's right. We're cool. We are up to date with... Um, whatever Jen is next like not mine but you know a few on younger so we're we're up to date with them now on tiktok and where else are we liz what am i leaving out let's see Uh, youtube our training channel on youtube absolutely Uh, yep we have an apple podcast called the freedom scientific Mm -hmm. training podcast so You may have listened to FScast for years, but you need to add a new podcast to your repertoire, and that would be the Freedom Scientific Training Podcast, where we release an audio lesson every single week for free. You can listen on your smartphone, on your home assistant. I won't call them by name, but you know who they are. And all you have to do is say, hey, uh, wake word. Play the Freedom Scientific Training Podcast, and then you should hear the latest episode. Also, you can subscribe on your phone through the Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And um, don't forget to check out the details about the contest, freedomscientific.com slash speech and sound. You can have a chance to change the future of JAWS, which is really exciting. We're all looking forward to seeing submissions. We have like a minute and a half left. Liz, what am I forgetting here?
3: Um, I did want to say one thing because I mentioned this and then I forgot to come back to it. So on that speech and sounds page, that freedomscientific.com slash speech and sounds, you'll find a lot of different resources. There's a video there. Um, uh, Ryan Jones from our sister company, TPGI, has a video on how to create speech and sound schemes. There's an FScast uh, episode there about how one user is using them. So it's it's very creative and very interesting. So a lot of different resources there on how to go into the JAWS settings and create that. So we give you a lot of different ways to access that information. So definitely go check it out
2: and start creating those schemes because it's a lot of fun and very useful. Yeah, once it's done, like I tell people this all the time, it's a pain maybe when you're fiddling with it. Um, but once you've put some work into customizing an environment so you can work more easily in it, it's just really neat. And some of the submissions we've gotten from people who are creating speech and sound schemes in their own field, the, but, you know, things like, um, medical coding and things like that where you know, if those were the schemes that were chosen, they could possibly make a bunch of other people's daily lives easier or, you know, more productive. So, think about what scheme you would think would be neat to create. Head over to freedomscientific.com slash speech and sounds. Learn how to make it and get working. We're going to be taking submissions for at least another month or so so everyone has time to put some good work into their speech and sound scheme larry we are we have about a minute
4: almost there we we i'll try and get the podcast up i don't know if it's going to be today because there's tons of happening with the ccb convention that i'm definitely involved in but it'll be up by the weekend i'm sure of that good stuff and i hope you come back and do son of tips and tricks yes because it was fun, it was enjoyable. I learned a lot about spell check because things change so quickly, and I'm happy to right.
0: to know these things. This is really cool. Yep, yeah.
3: Yeah, join us. Great tip. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody.